This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5 snowshoes, touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Bishop E.H. And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! Oh! Are you serious? Slam jam Get him ready for the NBA Dunkin' Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Mr. March Madness himself, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, I'm going to give you another moment here because the road for your Kansas Jayhawks to keep their streak alive, there's a big roadblock sign on it now because you needed a little help. You put on your Texas shirt, your burnt orange and you started saying, Texas fight, Texas fight. You were also putting up the fear the frog symbol. You were just like big Jamie Dixon with the arms waving in the air. You were hoping for TCU and Texas to help you out. But it didn't happen. You didn't try hard enough, I guess. TCU played like a dog. They played really bad. They were really, they were really and they were bad. really bad on Saturday against Texas Tech, they, too. They, they almost looked like they just mailed that one in. And give, But give K-State credit. K-State really played well. And I was watching the game with Coach Kinneman happened to be at my house. To oh, watch really? The game. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, the difference between K-State, Texas Tech, and KU is Texas Tech and K-State really guard. KU leaves three open, you know, Three-point shooters open all the time. They Even double. on the final play of the game yeah, they, from Saturday. Yeah, they you know they double guys. They don't switch quick enough. Uh, I mean, teams just – it seems like K, teams have nothing but open looks against KU. So, I guess maybe it's a miracle that they're still mathematically in it. But after tonight, they won't be because Ooh. Oklahoma Ooh. is going to – Where the wind comes sweeping down the plane, you're saying they're going to lose? Boomer Sooner. Uh-oh. Grandpa Danny, he'll he'll be happy. Do you think Taylor Robertson will be in the crowd? Oh, T-Rob will be all over it. She'll be saying, you guys have to win, so that way that idiot Steve Sell back in McPherson <laughs> has to shut up. I don't know. I guess T-Rob's probably not. T-Rob's got a, a game of her own, I think, tonight. I bet they're somewhere. I think they're, think they're on the road tonight, maybe. So, let me ask you this question. Do you think that K-State has been disrespected by Joe Lunardi? Joey Brackets, because they keep six throwing up seed. that they're going to be a six seed. Oh, that's Do you think that's disrespecting them? Slap in the face. I mean, come on, Joey Brackets, what are you doing? What line do you think they really should be on? I would say a four line. Because you would think, in theory, if you are the six seed, 
then you are probably, what, the 24th to 28th best team, somewhere in that range? I'd say the four line, which would be 13, 14, 15, 16. Now, do you think that he takes into account a couple of losses for K-State that were not particularly good-looking on the resume earlier at the beginning of this season with the Tulsa game? And do you think? And they also lost to A and M in non-conference. I don't think he takes in the to the fact that Dean Wade was not playing for several games, and and I think it's just a general disrespect. I mean, it happens in football all the time. Bill Snyder always plays the, you know, us against the world card, and and you know we're always overlooked, and you know we're always the underdog. I mean, I don't I don't know how. You know, Joey Brackett's always gets it pretty much right. As he's far always as, on as far as the teams, but I think he's got this. He's got this way off where he's got K State. That's that's a clown show to put him down at twenty four. Now, the only case that I can make for this is if you look at RPIs and strength of schedule and all those types of analytics, which I'm sure go into this, and I'm sure that Lunardi is looking at K State's strength of schedule is not very good. Well, that's because they... You want to know who their best win in non-conference play was? I don't even know, because the, the, te- the two best teams I think they lost to, and Tulsa's not very good. Tulsa's not very good. They lost to Marquette. Marquette's good. Who's really the only big name yeah, they're a top, uh, on their non-conference. They're a top 20, probably. Their best win in non-conference play is probably Vanderbilt, who is not a very good SEC team. No. So, when you look at their resume, K-State did not schedule tough in the non-con, and they never do, and that's okay because they know usually the number that they have to get to, and especially because early on this year, they weren't playing very well. They didn't have Dean Wade for a back half of that non-conference stretch, so it probably is better that they did not go out and play in the Maui Invitational and go play a really big tournament because... They might not have been ready to go at that point. Right. And Steve, you and I, I think maybe you were on the K State train a little more than I was. Oh yeah. But I was not convinced that this team was really any good. I know they made it to the Elite Eight last year, but I just thought the road was curved so perfectly. Whenever you have the first ever number one seed lose, right. and not lost. only the number one seed, but the number one overall seed. Yeah. And and K State probably would have. You know, been one and done. They would have played one and then lost. In the and then play round. a Kentucky team that I didn't think was any good. Kentucky wasn't very good last so year. So when it was just paved out so perfectly, I, I just went, okay, yeah, this is a good team. They're bringing some people back. But this is not a Big 12 championship team. And part of that was because I thought Texas Tech would be good and I thought KU would be the best team in the league. And how many years, Steve, could KU at least share the Big 12 title at 13-5, and five, which if they went out would be where they're at. How many years do you think that would have oh, at least shared something? Because there's been some years they've won it by two or three games. Well, this year, there might be two teams that are 14-4. and four, Right. Plus KU at 13-5 and five if they win out. If not worse, then they would be maybe 11-7, and seven, maybe 12-6. and six. But I'm just so impressed with the way K-State has played this year. And I, I did not have any faith in them. I thought that they'd be a mediocre team in the Big 12, well, you know, maybe top four. You know what they always say when you've got seniors and a good junior in Zion. And a really good point guard. Yeah. Barry Brown is really, really good. 
Stokes is really starting to come on now. He had a good night last night. What about your guy, the X-Man? Xavier. Xavier Sneed. Yeah. Steve, this is a K-State team that now, as I continue to see them win, and, and I thought also in this stretch that they would slip up somewhere. I really yeah. did. And they have no bench. I mean, Right, and other, that's part of it. McGurl, I mean, with Cartier Jada out. Levi Stockard. He doesn't even get off the bench now. And and what happened to the Alonzo, what was his name, Alonzo Trice or whatever his name is? Or No, that's the guy for Arizona. That's what I what, was thinking. What was the big 6'7 guy that the, the Juco recruit, the rebounding machine? He doesn't even hardly get in the game either. I don't know. But anyway, I thought this team was going to slip up somewhere. Maybe at West Virginia, but West Virginia's not very well, good. I, I'll be honest, Steve. I thought they were going to lose last night at TCU. They I, I really been, did. They've been the best team in the Big 12 on the road. That's why, they, that's why they're tied for first place. They have been great on the road. I thought they'd maybe lose at Baylor, maybe at Texas. But this team did not slip up in any There are no games since the very beginning of Big 12 play that they have lost that they should not have lost. And the, here's another thing, watching the game last night. When KU goes to these places... The atmosphere is off the charts. That was like a Sunday afternoon stroll game to me. It's like nobody was really into the game. Yeah, the, the fans weren't into the game. I don't know. It's a little early for spring break. I think the kids are still there. Woo, but, spring break. Yeah, but it just it just seems like KU has to face a lot more hostility than like Texas Tech does or K-State does. Uh, everybody wants to beat Goliath, and that's what KU's been. They've been Goliath, and – you know, I'm not sure what K-State and Texas Tech are. They're not Goliath, but, you know, the other teams, the, the other fans don't seem to be as wanting to beat those teams as bad as they want to beat KU. So, Steve, has it began to settle in with you that this streak is likely going to come to a close? It When LeGerald Vick left the team, that's when it settled in with me. Not that LeGerald would make a big difference, but I just felt like this was a year – this. Too many things have been happening this year for this. I mean, if they could win with all this mess going on, losing to Doka, the Silvio DeSosa thing, not knowing if, you know, maybe one of the assistant coaches might get fired because of that probe that went on. Uh, just so many things have happened. Uh, Quentin Grimes has not been what they thought he would be, and there's been a lot of, you know, despairing remarks toward him. Charlie Moore can't play. They thought he was going to be good. He he can't play a lick. I mean, he, he I'm sorry. He just, uh, you know, nice guy, tries hard, but he's, you know, he can't make shots, and that's the only thing he's on the floor for. So, really, it's been one of those years. It was kind of like what Coach Kinnaman said, you know, after his team was 0-3. You know, we could have written this one off, but they didn't. They came back and won 15 of their last 17. And that's what KU's kind of done. They've kind of righted the ship, you know, since some of those uh, just awful – Awful losses like the West Virginia loss. The West Virginia loss is oh, the one that haunting. this team is really going to look back on if this streak does come to an end. Because at the time, I don't think this was quite as bad of a loss. We were just so early on into the Big 12 season that I don't think we had realized how bad West Virginia was going to be. they had a six-point lead with under two minutes to go in that game. Well, and they led with... Ten seconds left in the game. Yeah. Because it took a West Virginia last-second shot to win, and this was before West Virginia lost, like, half of its team due to right, injury or right. getting kicked off by Coach Huggins. So if that game would have been played two weeks later, 
it's almost an automatic win for KU because West Virginia was just playing so poorly. And that is the game that is going to really, really haunt this team. Because if they win that game, they are right here in the mix. And, of course, they would have to do some work against Oklahoma tonight and then finish things strong out over the weekend against Baylor. But this is a team where if they were at home for senior day to try and clinch a share of the streak, they're not losing. They're not going to lose, no. So that's the game that everybody's going to look back on. But I'll ask you this, Steve. I know they're not going to win the Big 12, likely at this moment. But does something tell you that maybe this is the year that KU makes another deep tournament run? No. Or do you see this team being bounced early? Bounced early. Bounced early. Why is that? I, I just... They just give up so many open looks. And they just, you know, they can't seem to find an identity. Sometimes they want to play big. Then they want to play small. Bill Self's kind of... You know, he's, he's, he's vacillated all year between the big lineup and the small lineup. I still think the lineup with Lawson and Lightfoot is their best lineup. I wish he would stick with that. And, you know, he's tried McCormick. He's tried going Diedrich and then a bunch of guards. But I think Lightfoot brings the team so much energy, so much, pos- you know, positive, positive energy. And he plays hard. And he spikes everything. And, of course, he's got that – he looks like he's about six years old. He's got that – churlish kind of boyish look on his face and have you seen so steve reads a lot of chat rooms and all sorts of things about ku sports have you seen a reference to a picture of mitch lightfoot wearing a purple bandana yeah where they call him prison mitch right do you understand that reference free mitch let him play no okay that's not quite it are you familiar with the show the office no you don't know what the office is steve carell are you familiar it was on nbc for like 10 years never watched it well, there was an. Ep- I think you would actually really like The Office. Okay. But there was an episode where Steve Carell, who is M- Michael Scott in The Office, where he's trying to send a message to his employees about how awesome it is to work there. And I think they also have a inmate that is working for them at that point. And so he tries to put on this persona and goes out into the lobby and puts on this purple headband and says, Yo, I'm Prison Mike. Whenever we were in prison, we tried to avoid the Dementors to make sure that we don't get in trouble. So it's this persona of this guy, maybe who's not that tough, but that puts on the headband and becomes very tough. Okay. So I just caught you up on some pop culture there, Steve. I I, I figured you've seen that and that it's really thrown you off. I I I thought it was because, you know, Self had him on the bench and wouldn't play him and get him out of Get him off the bench and get him out of jail and let him play. I wonder how many other things like that that you see, that you process, but that you don't really know what it is. I'm perpetually confused. So we Do you know what a meme is? A meme? A meme? It's it's like some kind of fake something, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, not quite. It's just a picture. Yeah. I can't think of a very good example of how to make it easy for you, but we'll, we'll go into some memes on the side. We didn't have memes when I was growing up. Steve, the biggest news of the night, The Bachelor. Did you hear what happened? I don't know. I don't care. Well, they're down to three. And our guy Colton, they've been teasing all season long this footage of him jumping over a fence and saying, heck, I'm out of here. They've been teasing it all season long. And every episode... 
it doesn't happen, and everybody gets very upset. But Colton, he jumped over the fence last night. He was very upset. And he's done? We don't know. Oh. The episode ended. Uh, to be continued. Is that going to be like who shot JR? They're in Portugal or Spain or somewhere. Yeah, and he's Brits. just wandering out in the wilderness. He in probably wilderness. said, why in the heck was I ever on this idiotic show? Well, one of the girls, I won't give away too many spoilers, but one of the girls that he was really into, she kind of dropped the bomb on him and said... She, she actually had a boyfriend. And, well, no, that, that she doesn't really see the fit. Her dad went all the way to Europe to tell her, hey... This might not be the best idea for you. Make sure it's true love. I just can't believe they have TV shows like this. So, Steve, let's say you have a daughter, and she comes home, and she says, Dad, I love this guy. His name's Colton. I'm on a reality show. Because he goes to all of their hometowns and meets their parents, Mm -hmm. and he shows up in your house. Are you okay with that? Would you let it go, or would you just play into the TV and say, For sure, Colton, we love you, buddy. We can't wait to have you in the family. What would your approach be? I wouldn't let her be on the reality show to begin with. Well, she's a 27-year-old woman, Steve. She can do whatever she wants. Well, I would tell her not to be on there anyway because it's a fiasco as far as I'm Yeah, but what if if she becomes very popular, makes you lots of money? You you become the angry dad on The Bachelor. You become famous. I, I find the whole premise just... Startling. This is this is my dad, Steve. I, this is the Bachelor. I'm not so sure about this show. I, I just find the whole premise startling. Well, I think at the beginning of the show, whenever it first started, that it was actually maybe some people that were desperate and they were trying to find love. And well, how how, how long does this show last? Well, I think it started the beginning no, of no, January. No, I mean each episode. About an hour. Well, it's two hours on. TV. Well, that would be so two hours of my life I can't get back. Well, that's why I just used the 90 minutes. There you go. I think when this show started, it was it was actually nice. There were all these women who legitimately wanted to find love, and they were, I guess, very confused with their lives and said, you know, maybe this is the, this is the way to do it. Who needs e-harmony or just meeting people in bars? I'm going to go meet The Bachelor. Man. And I think it started off being kind of nice. But now, well, all it is is about people trying to be famous. Yeah, that's and everyone trying to outdo the year before and all that kind of stuff. Instagram, they all become it's, very it, famous on Instagram. It's a bunch of hooey as far as I'm concerned. Bunch of say, hooey. I won't say the real word, but hooey is my word. I think you would really like it, Steve. I think maybe we need to get you cued in on Bachelor in Paradise. I don't think so. Bachelor in Paradise is a little different. They get a little more risque there's a little more action going on this was the fantasy suite night do you know about the fantasy suites no well i think you could probably imagine i can imagine the fantasy suite they turn the cameras off and let them stay the night together that that, who knows what happens we don't know that your life's getting filmed to me that's just ridiculous so I try to convince you, Steve, and you just you just you no. can't you can't buy in. Can't buy in. All right, Steve, let's take a break and get back to something important that is bullpup basketball, the state tournament tomorrow, starting at three o'clock in Emporia White Auditorium. As the bullpup girls will be taking on Topeka Seaman. We'll take our first break and talk about that matchup next. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, all you need is a little love. Okay. And I think The Bachelor is... is <laughs> I don't think so. I think you were just so repulsed by that show. I just... But I think you'd like it, actually. I, I think Steve doesn't let on as much that he loves drama. He doesn't act like I he does. I love drama. But you do. You love the drama. You'd like to get that pot stirring. I don't think so. I think you do. I just want to be left alone and let me do my thing. That's what they all say. All right, anyway, Steve, as we get ready for a fun week, hopefully for the Bullpup Girls starting tomorrow afternoon, making the trip over to Emporia as they take on Topeka Seaman in their state opener at White Auditorium. 3 o'clock, the very early game. So, Steve, you're going to need to be a little more perky earlier in the day than normal. Perky? What do you think is your, your best time of the day? My best time of the yeah, day? Yeah, when you are at your sharpest, when you are the most attentive. Oh, I'm, I'm sharp at 10. At 10? Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. What about that 3 o'clock window, though? That's a lot of the time when you go home. That's a lot of that's a nap time right it is, there. It is kind of a nap time, but uh, no, nah, there's too much adrenaline flowing for a state basketball tournament. It's very exciting because... There will be an opportunity for people to say, oh, got to get out of work. I, th- I think I might have to use one of those sick days, make the trip to Emporia. And that's what I think March Madness is all about, is finding a way to not work, being able to follow along with games. Oh, yeah. Whether it's in two weeks when you get that Thursday and Friday that they say is the least productive work day of the year. Oh, yeah. I feel like tomorrow is going to be a very non-productive work day for people here in town because there is a lot riding on Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock right. and a chance to keep this season going, keep this 18-game winning streak alive, and a chance for the McPherson girls to repeat. And as we have read up on all of these teams and they get ready to take on seven other teams and a chance to win a state championship, the feeling around the state is that this is McPherson's tournament to win. They are the number one seed, and they have a chance to make some noise. But that that road to a state championship is not going to be easy. Last year, getting ready for the state tournament, there was really only one team that everybody was worried about. Yeah. Bishop Miege. Yeah. The first game against Augusta, they knew they were going to win. Labette County, they knew would be tough, but they felt pretty confident. Then there was that Miege. Mystique. It was looming. It was, it was right. sitting there on the other side of the bracket. Well, this year, some of that Mystique, if not all of it, is on the semifinal game. It really is. Where if the McPherson girls could beat Topeka Seaman, and I know they are not overlooking this team because they'll play on Wednesday. If they win, then they have another day to prepare for whoever it will be between May South and St. Thomas Aquinas. And naturally, the buzz is on that game. With St. Thomas Aquinas, a team that has been to the state tournament for 25 consecutive seasons, and they've, and they've won it three in a row. And they, they're they three-time defending state champions. They've won seven state championships in program history. Debatably, the, the third best basketball program in the history of the state on the girls' right. side. McPherson being the second, Bishop Miege being the first. And then you've got this Aquinas team matched up against the biggest storyline, the biggest buzz in the state of girls' basketball over the last week because of 
This being a team that is 22-0 in the games they've played on the court, but taking a 17-5 record in with all the controversy of the ineligible player, of the transfer rules, bringing in all these transfer players, trying to work around forfeits and originally going to be six games that they forfeited and turned out to be five because one team denied taking the forfeit. There is so much buzz on that game. And the way you can look at that is, well, it's going to be really tough for McPherson to get to a final because that semifinal game, if they're fortunate enough to get there, is going to be very tough. But maybe the most positive thing for me is one of the top three teams, for sure, right. will not be in the semifinal. Well, I wrote a column today, the best three teams are on the same side of the bracket. Because May South, uh, you take away the forfeits, they're the best team because they'd be undefeated. McPherson won, lost, and of course Aquinas, a three-time champion. I know the teams in the bottom half of the bracket are probably feeling disrespected. But, you know, they shouldn't. I mean, they're at state. But they really are getting overlooked, and Goddard's getting overlooked. They're the two seed, and yeah. their only two losses are to May South. Wichita Heights is getting overlooked. They're pretty good. Um, Schlegel, I don't think, really figures in. And then who's the other team? I'm forgetting the other Blue team. Valley Southwest. Blue Valley Southwest. The Timberwolves. And Coach Strathman says, look out for this Blue Valley Southwest on the bottom side of the bracket. He thinks they're pretty good. McPherson has matched up with only three of the teams of the eight, or I guess of the seven that they could possibly play, which is surprising because I figured somewhere along the line they would have played May South, but I guess they just did not match up in terms of division play. Right. About the time that May South became big enough, they were not in the same division of ABCTL. Right. They've never played Blue Valley Southwest. They've only made the state tournament once. They've never played Casey Schlegel, and they've never played Wichita Heights. And I threw out the fact that St. Thomas Aquinas is probably the third best girls basketball program in the history of the state, Wichita Heights might be the fourth. Right. If they're if they're not the fourth, then maybe they're the fifth because they've won seven team state championships. Well, and they had a great run there when Kip Pulliam was the coach. And uh, I think they won like four and five years or four in a row or something. They had a real good run. They were very good while Perry Ellis was there too. Yeah, they, they, they had a really good run and – and uh, they they have a quality program. You know they're going to be athletic. Um, I I just think this field has got to be, from top to bottom, the toughest one of all the fields. I think it's probably as good as it's been. I know in 1A there are three different teams that enter that at 22-0. I know Central Plains is one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that Olpe is 22-0 at this point. So that is, in terms of just number of wins, yeah. 1A might have the most. But you're right, Steve, that in terms of talent, 1 through 8 – in this state tournament, it is extremely deep. And it, there is no easy game in this mix because you can look at every single opponent and say, well, this is something that they do extremely well. And I know that Topeka Seaman is the eighth seed, and they probably are, in terms of this field, the eighth best team. But they've won eight in a row. They've won eight games in a row. They have really been playing well. And they played at DeSoto in their sub-state final, a team that was rated ahead of them, they were seated ahead of them, and Topeka Seaman destroyed them, Yeah, 52-33. to 33. And this is a Seaman team that really locks it in on the defensive end. They turn other teams over at a very high volume. Their last two games in sub-state, 24 turnovers against Emporia, 26 against DeSoto. The good thing about McPherson is that this is a team that they don't, they're not easily pressed Right. You, you can't pressure them in the backcourt very easily because if you start running, 
then they'll, they're going to outrun you. Yeah. But this is a team that in a half-court defense is going to be a really big challenge tomorrow afternoon. And you got three girls that can really handle the ball. She, Lake and Schieferich, Grace Pyle, Emma Ruddle against the press. Hannah Hageman handles the ball pretty well, too. But those three, for one thing, they'll just outrun you. They're so athletic, they'll just outrun you. And I think the Bullpups have a big advantage because I think they'll be better prepared than any team in the tournament. And that helps. Because Coach Strathman and his staff, they put together a scouting report unlike anybody else. They watch tons of film. Uh, Coach Ellett, Prescott, Reith. Well, not only just watching film, they make it an emphasis to go see a lot of right, these teams. They do. They if they know if there's a chance they can see them, they will. They make the trips to Kansas City to maybe see a team like St. Thomas Aquinas play in person. I know that the last couple of years that Coach Strathman went to go see Bishop Miege play in person. Right. He went to go see Labette County play in person because there is a difference in being able to scout in person. Right. You can see the games on the film and learn about personnel, but you really learn about teams. Whenever that camera turns off, exactly. whenever they start to go back to the huddle, you see different personnel, you see body languages, you see the way these teams communicate. And like you said, Steve, whether it's Coach Kidman's team, whether it's Coach Strathman's team here at McPherson, they will very rarely be out-prepared. Well, very all, rarely. All you had to do, if, if I know the average fan didn't realize it and couldn't tell from the stands, but we could from where we were sitting. It was almost like the Bullpups knew what Carroll was going to run before they even ran it the other night. There was a play. They called some play out, and immediately all our coaches stood up, watched for the back screen, watched for the back cut. They knew what play was coming. That's one reason Carroll only scored 32 points. So it should be a fun one tomorrow afternoon in Emporia. That's just the first of four really good games that are on deck at White Auditorium. Steve, if we were suggesting to fans what time to leave tomorrow... Would you say maybe leave about one o'clock, one fifteen? Yeah, it's about an hour and about an hour twenty, hour twenty five. But then you got to go through. Uh, it's downtown and go through Emporia. I'm sure downtown Emporia, the traffic just is crazy. Oh, twenty four seven. I'm sure it's gridlock. So I'd give yourself a, a good hour and a half. I'd give yourself an hour and a half. We're looking forward to the trip, Steve, and we'll, of course, be broadcasting that. We're going to go on a little bit earlier than normal with our pregame. We're going to go on at two thirty. Oh. I did not know that. Yeah, we got we got to pump it up a little bit earlier, Steve. Okay. We got we have all these great tournament sponsors. We've got to get oh, their yeah. spots in. Oh, yeah. We've got extra time to fill. Oh. This is the big league, Steve. Okay. When you make it to the Who state we got tournament, on the board? Mitchell. Mitchell coming in at a little early, huh? Well, I think Casey is probably going to start us oh, okay. because school will be in session tomorrow well, afternoon. Mitchell's a rock star. Of, he always is. Yeah. All right, Steve. One more break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety-six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Odd musical choice. Boy George, one of my favorites. 
Steve, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Not The Bachelor, please. No, no, no. One more okay. opportunity. Okay. That you are very convinced now that the streak is over. Done. KU's going to lose at Norman tonight. Finished. Doesn't even matter what they do on Saturday. Nope. I'm going to give you one last chance to be optimistic. Is there any chance that the Jayhawks win tonight in Norman, then turn around and win on Saturday, plus get a K-State loss and a Texas Tech loss? Do you think there's any chance? No chance at all? None. Do you have any optimism? None. K-State's going to win on Saturday. That's... For me, I mean, but that, what if they don't? They will. What if they don't? They will. There's, there's I, no, I think, there's no ounce of optimism. None. No, I, I think Texas Tech could lose at Iowa State. That's a possibility. Okay. I will say that, but I don't see K State. But you don't even see KU winning tonight. No, no chance they win tonight. Oh, there's always a chance. Oh, <laughs> you, you just but said I, there's no but chance. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm picking the Sooners. If I, if you said I had to pick a team, I'd pick Oklahoma to win tonight. KU has just not been good on the road. But what about K-State against Oklahoma? That's a, that's at the octagon of doom. They'll right, but there's so much pressure on that game no, that if KU wins tonight and they keep the pressure on... High talker will take it. He'll, Texas Tech he'll, going to Ames? And then you've got KU playing at home on senior night. There's no guarantee K-State wins. Bruce Weber will have that team ready to go on Saturday. We'll see, Steve. I'm still holding out that there's a chance. I really do. Because it's KU, and sometimes weird things happen. Well, what, LeGerald Vick's going to come into the locker room tonight and say, I'm ready <laughs> him, to go, boys. Him and Lala, <laughs> they can come in and yeah. go, woo! Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I don't see No it. chance? I don't, I don't, K, KU's just, the streak's going to be over, and maybe it's a good thing, because, you know, the streak is just, uh, it's just absorbed all the oxygen in the room. Then all the oxygen is gone from you. It is gone. You're very upset. I'll, I'll live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be recording a little bit early, but playing at the normal time as the Bullpups make their trip over to Emporia. We will preview that game, dive into all of that, and the other games that are going on at the state tournament. And we'll also probably preview the Inman Teuton boys who will be in action tomorrow night as they begin their state tournament as well. Wrapping up today's show, for, Jim jo for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.